Go. We got so much to get to today. Oh man, my there's so much going on, and I'm, I'm excited about it because it means <laughs> college football is officially back. Sure. That I don't know where to start. And as we were getting going here today, I came across another thing that just threw me for a loop that I feel like maybe we should start the show with. So again, college football is here. We had actually what I thought was an awesome opening weekend. UConn and Utah State actually proved to be a pretty good game. Jim Harb, not Jim Harbaugh, that's coming up in a second. Um, why am <laughs> I completely? On that. Why am I completely spacing out? Jim Mora. Jim Mora. Jim Mora yeah. up yeah. at UConn now. Yeah, that's correct. Jim Mora at UConn now. Uh, Still around. That would turn them into a respectable football team. They gave Utah State everything they wanted to. That Northwestern Nebraska game was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which it's just I love I love the Pat Fitzgerald strategy of beating Scott Frost, which is like R.I.P. Kimbo Slice, but it's the Kimbo Slice method, which is I'm gonna sacrifice my face. Like you could throw some haymakers, and I'm gonna let you get exhausted, and then I'm just gonna bludgeon you to death. Right? right. Yeah. It's the Kimbo Slice. Okay. Or if you want to go fictional character, it's the Rocky method. My face is gonna be a piece of pizza yep. by the end of this fight, but you're gonna be so tired from hitting me in the face. <laughs> That you're not going to be able to fight back. I'm still and standing. That's literally what happened to Nebraska. Yeah. They were just throwing haymakers, and they were on fire, and they were landing body shots, and it was uppercut, over the top, knee to the face, head kick, roundhouse <laughs> kick, everything. And then they were like, <sighs> and Nebraska was like, all right, let's get going. Here, or no, no, Northwestern was like, all right, here we go. This is where our game starts. Yeah, this is where we start. And yeah. then Nebraska was like, well, they don't have anything. It was awesome. College football is so bad. Vanderbilt has more wins in 2022 than Alabama does. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Than I, Alabama does. Yeah. And they started their their spread, their like win spread, in a huge fashion. Plus oh, 53? Yeah, no, that's no, going to throw off all the point metrics. Where it's you? like We're going to be like three, four <laughs> weeks into the season. We're like point four points against. We're going to be like, Hey, Vanderbilt's not bad. They're kind of right and even. Like, don't, don't look at the first four. But, yeah, don't worry about no, it. No, I mean, it was an awesome start. Mike Wright was great. Rocco Griffin uh, of Calvary Day and South Effingham fame getting in the end zone a bunch out there in Hawaii. Yeah. So, uh, it's listen, it was a great opening weekend of college football, and we only have to wait a few days because come Thursday, we got a full slate. PJ, you're a couple days away <sighs> Man, from, from, from getting your season started against Purdue. Yeah. We have uh, JT Daniels being named the starter at West Virginia as they get ready for the backyard brawl, which is renewing uh, against Pitt, him against Kadon Slovis, which we kind of knew what was going to happen. But thank you to West Virginia for actually telling us who your your quarterback is instead of doing the thing where you're like, I'm going to wait until game time. Yeah, of course. To, yeah. To, it was just but it's, a, it's, it's an open strategic, competition which I got to the last second. With multiple coaches about that. But we're going to start here because, again, we're getting ready for the show, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I'm on ESPN's app, and I'm looking, and I see a headline. Jim Harbaugh calls Michigan Wolverines' decision to start quarterbacks Caden McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, one game each, quote, biblical. Biblical. In <laughs> what sense? What a word, man. In what sense? What a way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's my thing. I would love to figure out and and just have him just sit down for five minutes and explain like what in the world do you mean? So I, I wanted I could do like a whole show on this, but I want to like wait and like actually get some like okay maybe he does have some relevant scripture that we can get to in terms of how his quarterback decision is quote biblical. I mean we were talking before the show and we were just like 
all right, Sunday school, let's go through it really quick. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like Abraham, where God told him to take his child, his son, up onto the mountain yeah. and sacrifice him. Right, and right. Like, maybe he started carrying old Kate, Kate McNamara up there, and then all of a sudden the Lord came down and said, stop, stop what you're doing. You don't have to sacrifice Cade McNamara. Don't do it. But just by carrying Cade McNamara up the hill, which I want everybody to stop. I'm going to go Larry Munson here. Picture this. Like <laughs> like Jim Harbaugh in a robe with the same glasses from 2022 carrying Cade McNamara like a child yeah. up onto a mountain uh, to sacrifice him. Oh, but, <laughs> I just thought of another example. Well, hold on. Let me finish that. Okay, but yeah, it's like by, so by carrying Cade McNamara up the mountain, you actually realize that J.J. McCarthy is your starter because you were willing to sacrifice Cade McNamara. So maybe right. that's the biblical sense. I don't know. I, I feel like All right, maybe... you got another one? Like, yeah, maybe Jim Harbaugh is Noah, and Michigan football is the ark. Okay, and, and he's he needs two of every kind? Two of every kind. Oh he needs two starting yes. quarterbacks. He needs two starting quarterbacks. That's what he needs. So he's going to start there, and you know what? If we get on the ark and... Something happens with one. Maybe they get in a fight, and you know, the other one has to win out. We and hey, like, boom! You there, to there's feed your one. starter. You know, you never know what happens. Yeah, exactly. One comes up limp. Like you, you don't know what's going to happen. One's just stronger than the other one, man. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird how they're deciding to do this, though, because if you missed it, Michigan. God, we're starting. Week one college football talking about Michigan. And this is uh, why. Like, this, this is yeah. the thing. That's why he said that. Michigan hasn't actually decided on a starter. They're going to start Cade McNamara week one against Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And then week two, they're going to start J.J. McCarthy against Hawaii, who just got trounced by Vanderbilt. There you go. So I don't know how much you're going to learn in both of those games, watching your two quarterbacks just obliterate two really bad football teams. And then he's like, then the biblical decision comes. <laughs> okay. I I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't understand it either. If you have scripture that you can give us that relates to in any way Michigan's quarterback decision, uh, please send it to at underscore biscuits and gravy uh, on Twitter. Uh, that being said, I do have a bone to pick with, with yeah. some coaches because we're we're week one. Alabama just released their whole depth chart. Like uh, Kirby Smart released Georgia's depth chart for the most part in terms of we we know who's going to be playing. Right, you didn't have any big question marks for Georgia outside of maybe the cornerback position with Kamari Lasseter, but it seems like he's locked that up spot up uh, opposite Keely Ringo. There's going to be rotations everywhere else. So for Georgia, we pretty much know what we're going to see. Uh, only like illumination he really gave you was probably not going to see Kenny McIntosh returning too many kicks, which I think makes sense because he's a starting running back. But I think it's okay to go ahead and say who your starting quarterback's going to be, but Brian Kelly, oh, we're not ready to make that decision. That that decision has been made. Yeah. Nothing in practice over the next four practices is going to change Brian Kelly's mind about who his starting quarterback is going to be. Dan Lanning's falling for this bleep where he's up and he's like, I don't know. I don't know who we're getting. Uh, Listen, we might know, Yeah, but we're not going to say. Here's the thing with me with him, like specifically, like he might be falling into the trap of just, I'm a new head coach in college football, and I can play this card now. Yeah. So, like, this is kind of a fun, let's let's do yeah. it. Let's try it. Well, out. I'm Kirby masterminding even, this whole Kirby thing. Kirby Smart even had a great no. quote about it uh, in his press conference today, where he was like, "They can say whatever they want. We know who the starting quarterback is going to be." 
i.e., is Bo Nix. Yeah. Like, you don't bring in Bo Nix and then hire his former coordinator to be your offensive coordinator if it's not going to be Bo Nix. Right. Uh, damn, Lane Kiffin's doing this. <laughs> Which Lane Kiffin might be the one that I trust the most and saying, like, no, I actually don't know. Because I think they want it to be Jackson Dart. Yeah. But he hasn't really separated himself from the rest of the room. Yeah. I, I can see that. And it, uh, you can't rule out anything with Lane Kiffin either. That That's my thing with him. Is, like, he could be doing this as some big joke. Like, you never know. He could come out and, like, he's memeing on all the other coaches that aren't naming their starting quarterback by doing the same thing and then being like, yeah, we knew the whole time. Like, I, I, just, try, I just wanted to prove how stupid it was. Like, that could be it, or it could be exactly what you say. Because you're right. I mean, there, there, haven't, there haven't been any, like, turn, head-turning instances or anything like that from that quarterback room kind of th- throughout the whole offseason. So... Maybe it is just simply right, he's going to wake up. <laughs> he's going to wake up Saturday morning and be like, all right, you know what? i got a feeling this is the guy. Get your popcorn ready because he's going to be great. You know, that, that might be exactly it. Yeah, he's going to be like, hey, uh, I just got to wait to get out there, see how they're spinning it. Sure. And yeah. warm-ups, and then that's how I'll decide. No. No. The team already knows. You're not going through this practice splitting reps with the ones. Right. Right, you're not going through week one practices splitting reps with the ones. The only teams that might be doing that are the ones that are playing like atrocious teams. Sure. And so you could probably still split them and like maybe even rotate uh, series against the bad teams. But the teams like Oregon who are getting ready for Georgia. Yeah. Dan Lane is not like, all right, you guys are going to split reps with the ones today. Yeah. No, man. He knows who his starting quarterback is, and they're going to be taking all of the reps with the ones. This week, uh, other quarterback news in the SEC. So the one of the I thought cooler storylines of the SEC West this past year is just all of the inner Western Conference transfers or Western Division transfers, I should say. Max Johnson heads uh, from LSU. He's at Texas A&M now, uh, and then you had Zach Calzada head from Texas A&M. He's at Auburn now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be the third quarterback on their depth chart. They announced T.J. Finley as their starting quarterback for their week one matchup against Mercer. Uh, it looks like the Savannah native Holden Garner probably headed for a redshirt season. Probably won't say him, see him too much, even though last week Brian Harson said he might be the best natural thrower that he's seen of the football. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just kind of a hold and don't transfer. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of a statement. You're like You're going to be all right. You're going to be number four. You're not going to play this year. But, man, hey, listen. Listen, hey. You got a real shot. Dude, yeah. you got the best arm I've ever seen. Right. All right. Best arm. You never listen, know, too. Listen, hold it. Honestly, we don't want you to play this year because they're going to get massacred. Right. All right. We're just we're <laughs> trying to save you. Exactly. Like, well, I know what you're walking into, and you don't want to walk into it. So, let me save you from it. Yeah. Well, I, that I mean, might be it. I do wonder how much of that is going into all of these coaches saying stuff like that, which is prior to week one, you're like, oh, I'm not naming a starter. I don't know. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, we're making fun of him now, but that might be the new wave of college football uh, next year for Georgia. Uh, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Week one is going to be Carson Beck. Week two is going to be Gunnar Stockton. Week three is going to be Brock Vandegrift, and we're just going to figure it out from there. Yeah, right. Like you, At the very least, you guarantee that guy playing time, Yeah. and you give him a target to look forward to, and it's, hey, don't transfer yet. We're going to give you a shot. And after that shot, we'll figure it out from there, but you save him for that little bit at least. 
Georgia does have one of the wilder quarterback rooms, I think, in America. But it's like, uh, look at Clemson. You have Cade Klubnik, who's up there pushing DJ Uyunglele, who is an outstanding quarterback who had a rough year last year. Klubnik might be the best quarterback coming out of that class as a true freshman now. It's like, how does Dabo Sweeney handle that? That's going to be cool to see this coming college football season. But I just love the coach BS that's just like, hey, Listen, you know as much as I do about who our starting quarterback is going to be on Saturday. We haven't decided that yet. Yeah. But I think Texas A&M is going with Haynes King. Yeah, I saw that this Over weekend. Max yeah. Johnson. And then Auburn has announced TJ Finley as their starting quarterback. Which, how many games do you think that lasts? Like, you think he's still rocking in Penn State as he's starting quarterback? Uh, I, I think there's a good possibility that that's still happening. Um, you know, again, like... What goes into, you know, how, how crazy is their schedule until then? Like, I'd say that's a very early game, so I, I would give him that. Um, I, I don't know. He might look spectacular in that game, too. We uh, Penn State did lose a lot off the defensive side of the football. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. I also, like, I know he's not an amazing option. Like, he, he's not an amazing quarterback by any means. But I think he's a whole lot better than people last remember him which is going against Alabama on one leg. So, yeah. like, that that harbors you back a lot and <laughs> with kind of what he was going against, can, too. I don't know if he can be a lot better than people remember him because I don't know if he was ever a lot better enough. Like, no, to be I'm not, that's what I'm that. saying. I, I don't like, think he's extremely good or anything like that. Like he's not a great quarterback. probably leading Auburn to a comeback against Georgia State. Right. Yeah. That's, I remember, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably his highlight moment. So Right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Jim Harbaugh getting biblical, quote-unquote, with his quarterback situation. I'm going to be sacrilegious next. This is Second Down (laughs) on ESPN Radio. Who knew that Kevin Thomas was the biggest Sum 41 fan in the ESPN Coastal Studios? Kevin losing his mind. He was. I, I really wish wish we could have a, a mic that, like, we could just pop on from here in the production studio and... So we could come back with that. Well, PJ's a little late for that. Probably shouldn't install that with only like two days left of this. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good idea. We should. <laughs> we should just. We should let's just figure it out. We can figure it out. We can get it done. We yeah. have, you know, Wednesday. We'll, we'll be running at full potential. Yeah, shoot, you can do anything you want to on Thursday. No, that would be. Uh, that would be. Oh God. That would that would be bad though. No, I, that sounds like a good idea. But you know how many times someone would be in the production studio and just totally wreck three and out because they just randomly turn on the mic and just, no, 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 I oh, think this. They and know like, who they are, there are multiple people who walk in there and just leave the microphone on. So, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Uh, but in a non-joking way, again, Wednesday, a sad day, but Wednesday will be the last day of ESPN Coastal uh, as we are transitioning away. New sports talk station taking over. The signal's coming up on Thursday. But, listen, we're riding this thing out. As long as we can. Think of this as as your last second down and three and out trilogy. Like this is yeah, but with like no planning, like whatsoever. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, there's not. like there's no like interweaving stories that are going to come to light at the end, except for one, which again, make sure you tune in on Wednesday when we will will reveal Kevin Thomas's team. Yes, and there's nothing he can do. Like unless no, he not burns, at all. unless he burns the studio down. Like right. what's his face from Office Space? All right, calm down now. Hold on. Unless he torches this bad boy, we will be revealing Kevin Thomas's favorite team coming up on Wednesday. Uh, but that being said, 
going back to the last segment, said I was going to be sacrilegious here. I'm going to be sacrilegious here, PJ. You should be careful with that. Hello? You might want to stand away because Lord Saban might strike us down here with a lightning bolt. Uh, I think there's a distinct possibility. No, you know what? I'm not going to go. That's a weak way of going into it. I don't think Alabama is going to be as good as everybody thinks they're going to be in 2022. Wow. Yep, I said it. Okay, yeah, that is that. I didn't even think but, okay, that's so where you were going the, with that. What's the basis for everyone saying, "Man, nobody even stands a chance against Alabama this year"? That's this is just fourteen and zero going to the national championship game. Like, what is the what's the impetus of that? What is the basis of that argument? No, like what? Like what is everybody going to talk about all offseason? I'm I'm serious. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, since it's not a rhetorical question, I, I will answer. It's Alabama. One. Okay. Uh, number two. It's Nick Saban. Um, number three, two, one former Heisman winner and a potential Heisman winner on your defense. Um, but after that, I can see where the conversation starts to get a little bit more interesting. Because it's not just two guys, yeah. right? It's not just two guys I'll dominating. Throw, I'll throw another one in there. Transfer portal, right? Because sure. you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You go out there and get Eli Ricks. Uh, you get Jameer Gibbs, you get Jermaine Burton, right? So I'll throw transfer portal. So those are probably, yeah, those are probably the four biggest reasons. I'd say Bryce Young and Will Anderson's number one. Like, that's why everybody's like, yeah, dude, you got these guys back? Hell yeah, yeah. let's get out. I was it. just kind of dissecting, like, from the top down. Sure. Like, that's, uh, yeah. Then absolutely Nick Saban. You can basically any year say a Nick Saban team should be the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. If you had done that over the last decade, you would have made a lot of money. Yep. yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, Alabama's Alabama. Sure, fine. Same argument, right? If you bet on Alabama over the last 10-plus years, you've made a lot of money. Uh, and then number four, transfer portal, I think is probably one of the bigger storylines as to why everyone's like, yeah, it's Alabama and everybody else, mm-hmm. right? All of these were on or in Tuscaloosa last year. They were all there. And yeah, Alabama went to the national championship game. But Alabama was Alabama last year. Nick Saban was the head football coach at Alabama last year. In fact, almost... 90-plus percent of their coaching staff's back, which is kind of rare for Insanely. Alabama. yeah. Didn't lose a coordinator this year, right. right? Bryce Young and Will Anderson. That was your quarterback last year, and that was your outside linebacker. Should have been Heisman Trophy candidate, probably winner last year. Right? So both of those guys were on the team last year. And last year, yeah, it wasn't Eli Ricks or Jameer Gibbs, but I don't know, it was like Jermaine Burton. Or not Jermaine Burton, uh, Jamison Williams. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. You got John Mechie and Jamison Williams as your two wide receivers. Right. Right? You had Jalil Billingsley at tight end who's now at Texas. Right? So all of these things were the same for Alabama last year. This is the same Alabama team that beat Florida by two points. Right? This is the same Alabama team that lost to Texas Mm A&M. The same Alabama team that was playing a close game with Tennessee into the fourth quarter. The same Alabama team that beat an LSU team that had fired its head coach 20-14. to 14. The same Alabama team that beat Arkansas 42-35. to 35. The same Alabama team that had to go to multiple overtimes to beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And prior to that, had to have like a Bryce Young save us drive. Yeah. Yeah. Insanely right? true. And it's the same Alabama that got physically dominated by Georgia in the national championship game. I mean, and for Alabama fans who are like, physically what? Yeah. Your head coach at the end of the game said, quote, you whipped our ass in the fourth quarter to Kirby Smart. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Georgia leaned on Alabama, leaned on them, leaned on them, leaned on them, and eventually they broke. Right. Zamir White was ripping off 10-yard runs up the middle in the fourth quarter, and there was nothing Alabama could do to stop it. Right? Every argument I have heard about why Alabama is head and shoulders above every other team in college football was the same last year. Yeah. Same quarterback, same outside linebacker. I'd say a downgrade at wide receiver, and that's not the fault of Jermaine Burton or Corey Brooks or anybody they have out there at wide receiver. You're just not better than John Mechie and Jameson Williams. Not at all, yeah. And I think you're, you're also relying on, I mean, let, let's be real, offensively, it's I, people are probably sick of me bringing this up, but offensively you're relying on a, a couple of transfers to, to be most likely your, your biggest kind of highlight guys and their transfers. Like, yeah, it's worked out in the past, and it works out on paper. That doesn't mean it's always going to work on the field. Now, of course, you know, a month, two months from now, you can come back to this audio and, and prove me wrong, whatever. You'll have to find me on, like, Twitter or something well, like but that. There's but there's a definition but, of prove me wrong, right? Where it's like if Alabama's 7-0 and and you're coming back and be like, what were these guys talking about? Yeah, You're right. missing the point. Yeah, yes, sure. Alabama's one of the best teams in the country, but the narrative I've been receiving all offseason is it's Alabama and everyone else based on they have this, 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 and this Yeah, when they had this, 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 and this last year and almost got beat by Arkansas. Probably should have been beat by Auburn, like we were talking about earlier. If T.J. Finley had two legs in that game, they probably do lose to Auburn and don't even go to the SEC championship, I think. Right. True. Agreed. And I think uh, another one of these kind of, you know, overall, if, if you talk to everybody, everyone just kind of assumes that this happens. But it doesn't always happen. Like, everyone thinks that, well, all these guys are back, all these things are back for Alabama. They're automatically, since they've had one more year in the system, that automatically means they're better. Yep. That they have improved that they have find new avenues to their game to, to make themselves better. And the fact is, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that's something to bank on for Alabama. All their players are going to be worse. No, that's not what I mean. But you can't just always automatically assume that, hey, it's been another year. These guys are going to go from, you know, if you're talking NCAA football rankings, which, hey, we got that coming up here. Sure. Uh, looking forward to that. But, no, but, like, if you talk about that, He's like, oh, they they were 90s last year, so they're, I mean, it's another year. They're going to be 95s. Sometimes players and coaches, for that matter, too, regress. Like, there's always that possibility. Is it, you know, is is that how it always goes? No, of course not. But it does happen. There's always a possibility for that to happen, especially when you have insanely good years. Sometimes after that. A, a good or great year still isn't as good as what you did last year. And I'd say that Will Anderson, Bryce Young, I mean, they had amazing years last year. And even though they're the same player, and they, they pro- probably have gotten even better and perfected their craft even more, there's no guarantee that they're going to come out and have the same kind of impact or, or stats or play with the same ability. Yeah. Now, is, now again, is that probable? No. But, like, it, it happens. And there's a number I do think that should worry maybe a little bit Alabama fans where if this continues, it's probably where you're going to drop a football game. In the games where Alabama struggled, right, you had, let's start with Texas A&M. Bryce Young attempted 48 passes in that game. 
Yeah. And it's not like Alabama was behind a lot. Right. Just couldn't really establish the run. Yeah. Right. You you attempted 48, completed 58.3% of his passes, right? Uh, against LSU, where he put up 20 points, attempted 37 passes, right? You go against Arkansas, 40 passes. Now, completed 77 of them through like 500 yards and five touchdowns, but couldn't really run the football, and you were having to play kind of a back-and-forth football game. Auburn attempted 51 passes. Yeah. Completed left, less than 50% of them. Right. Right? You go against Georgia in the national championship game, 57 passes. It's wild. Yeah, I would yeah. say, honestly, Alabama's best performance all year, like top to bottom, wasn't in the SEC championship game. It was against Cincinnati. Right. Where you were able to hand the ball to Brian Robinson and just physically dominate, right? And Cincinnati has a or had a damn good team. I think, what, five NFL players mm-hmm. off of that team? Really good football team. You were able to just physically dominate them, hand the football off. Bryce Young was able to be efficient. Did have an interception in the game. It had less than 200 yards passing. It had three touchdowns, right? Efficient in that football game. Or even against Georgia uh, in the SEC championship, completed just under 60% of his passes. But that's also when John Mechie goes down. Right. It's just, this Alabama team is excellent. They're the number one football team in the country. They're so much better than Ohio State. I think Ohio State might be the most overrated team in the country because, I mean, look at that defense performance in the Rose Bowl. I think it tells you why you should probably be worried if you're an Ohio State fan. But there are flaws, and the entire point of this conversation is they're not just walking away with this thing. There's going to be a few games this year where Alabama's in trouble. Yeah. Now, does that mean they don't go undefeated and win the national championship? I don't think so. Is it incredibly difficult to do that? Yeah. Yep. More likely than not, are they going to drop a football game this year? Yeah. I just I'm not sold on Alabama being this unbeatable, event, invincible, no holes could beat the Houston Texans kind of football team. Right. Right. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Uh, I'm 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 right there with you. I think that's a very like uh, again, like you said, people get drawn in and kind of blinded by those first two or three points. And sometimes it's difficult to look yeah. past those things. But, Again, it, yeah, it takes 22 I, guys on the field, right? And I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to give Auburn credit. I think they might have given teams a little bit of a blueprint about Bryce Young. Right. Which is, if you send five or six people at that dude, he's going to carve you up. He is cold blood. He's a killer under pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? If you can send four or send three and get a little bit of pressure and just drop into coverage and play a good zone yeah, or play like Roger McCurry did last year against him in the Iron Bowl, play good man-to-man coverage against him, he's going to make a mistake. He's going to struggle. We right. saw it. And that's the adjustment Georgia made from the SEC championship to the national championship, at least defensively, right? Was SEC championship, it was middle linebacker blitz, tight end with a corner blitz, right? All Dan Laney and Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp through the most exotic blitz packages they could, right? National championship, simplified version of that, mm-hmm. right? We're going to let our amazing defensive line get after it. We're going to let N'Kobe Dean and Channing Tindall and Quay Walker just kind of fly around at linebacker and make plays, and we're going to play good coverage on the back end. Oh, and look, he just threw one to Christopher Smith. Just yeah. gifted him one. Like, think about the two interceptions in that game. Right. Not a ton of pressure. Just kind of floated it up into bad coverage. Yeah. And got picked off. E- even the even the Keely Ringo interception at the end yeah. was just like, like the, you don't know who he was talking to. Yeah. 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 
So he's going to make mistakes. And again, go back to that Auburn game. The week before against Arkansas, he was 31 for 40 for 559 yards and five touchdowns. Right. Outstanding. Amazingly good. Then the very next week against Auburn, 25 of 51 for completing 49% of his passes. Mm -hmm. His last four games of the year, 49%, 59.1, 60.7, 61.4. Not that big of a deal if your quarterback's thrown it 20, 21 times and you're a running football team. That's a pretty big deal when you're throwing it 50 times a game. Sure. Yeah, especially when... Because that's mean, 25 plays where nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just going back to the... And you're stopping the clock. Mm-hmm. So, listen, Alabama, probably still my pick to win the national championship. We'll do that on Wednesday. But I just I don't see him as bulletproof. You don't lose Evan Neal and get better at tackle. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. They're not bulletproof. We got to take a break. We'll come back with more. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right, I promise this isn't Alabama hate day. <laughs> But I just I saw a great fact over the weekend. <clears throat> Do you know? Okay, so Alabama's head to Texas week two. One of the cooler non-conference games to start the year, right? Is when's Penn State Auburn? Is that week two as well, or is that week three? I believe that's week, week two. Four. Is it I'll, week two? I'll look it up. I'll okay. look it up. Man, Either way, I, we got I'm some so like... we got some really cool non-conference games, and Nick Saban's been at Alabama for a long, long time. Can you tell me what his record is, PJ, in non-conference road games? Uh, non-conference road games. Just, just throw a are guess you, out are there. Are you bringing this up as a negative? No, like it's it's an outstanding record. Yeah, it's something ridiculous, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I'd say like it's he's been there a while. To, uh, but road games like out of conference normally you don't really play a lot of those. I'd say like. 15 and 1 or 0. Like 15 and 0. You were right on the O part? Yeah. 3 and 0. See, that's the thing. I was like there's they have there's no way they've had a lot of <laughs> in his career out of conference at away Alabama games. and non-conference road games. They've only hit the road 3 times. That's now, amazing. They've played a lot of the games where it's hey, season opener in Dallas, season opener in Atlanta, stuff like that, right? Only 3 times in his tenure. I'm, I was trying to look back through their their schedule uh during the break from the past years. You know what I think the last one was? No. Was it at... Didn't they go to Louisville? I'm like 95% sure it's at Penn State. No, I thought... Circa 2011. I'm pretty sure they played at Louisville, and that's when they had the... Debacle, the the Nick Saban, don't ask me about the quarterback. No, that was in Orlando. They played Louisville, but that was in Orlando. Wow. That was okay. like a kickoff game. Yeah. yeah. That was another neutral site. Yeah, that was like the Camping World. That is insane. Yeah. Are you talking about the, I ain't going to. Yeah. So yeah, quit exactly. asking. Yeah. Quit asking. Uh, that'd be 2011 Alabama at Penn State then. That is that is crazy. I'm, I'm fairly certain. We'll, we'll keep looking through the break, but I'm pretty sure that's the last time Alabama played a non-conference road game. That's when that's when <laughs> the genius powers that be were like, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We got Alabama coming to town. We got Rob Bolden and Matt McGloin at quarterback. Hell yeah. We're get, maybe Matt the, McGloin is a name that makes me smile. <laughs> As it should, okay? I saw him in a uh I, I saw him in a Scranton Walmart one time. 
Let's go. By the way. But anyway, uh, that being said, was is that the the biblical thing that, that Jim Harbaugh is referencing? Because that's how the game plan to beat Alabama was, we can't figure it out. Let's play both of them, and, you know, hopefully one of them will, will find their stride. Are we going to try and let them, like, you know, have a couple series in a row? Maybe get a rhythm? Heck no. Let's rotate them every single drive, sometimes mid-drive, and one of them will probably figure it out. And guess what? He lost. I thought. I think that score was like twenty-five to ten or something. It was something weird. Anyway, we, sorry. I, no, I, you're you, good. you got me on uh, that. Penn State like, plays oh, Ohio God. in week two. Okay, so it's probably week three then. It is week three that they're yeah. taking it on. But I'm just. I'm looking at week two. I don't want to get ahead of week one because week one's great. But we've talked about week one at nauseum. But we have such a cool opening slate because once you get like past week three, it's mostly conference games. Sure. Yeah. Until you get to the end of the season where you get rivalry week and. You know what I'm gonna miss? Yeah. You know what I'm gonna miss is the SEC Sun Belt Challenge, <laughs> and like the second to last week of the season. Why, why are you gonna miss that? That's not going anywhere, is it? No. It's, uh, once everybody goes to a nine-game conference schedule, that's, yeah, that's probably true. the one that's gonna get the axe. But I mean, yeah. week two. I'm not gonna miss that at all. By the way, you get South Carolina and Arkansas, and then I, I'm gonna say week two. You get the game you never knew you wanted, but it makes sense now. Like, you know, like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Week for two, sure. you get Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Oh, that's incredible. Yes, like all the way down to the jerseys yeah. and the colors. Size of the stadium. Could this be the the rerun? Could this be the sequel to Virginia Tech and Wake Forest? Where it ended like zero to zero? Oh, no. Those teams are going to score some points. You see are Vanderbilt you? just put up 63 points in that football game? Well, uh, now that we can say this, now that they won, yeah. dude, it was Hawaii. It was yeah. Calvin Turnerless Hawaii. That's true, but so. also also that week you have North Carolina at Georgia State. This could be a big week. Week two could be a big week for the Sun Belt because you have North Carolina at Georgia State. North Carolina has to go to Atlanta yeah. to play Georgia State, and North Carolina struggled with FAMU to start that football game. Huh? A FAMU team from the weekend <laughs> that had twenty five of their players deemed ineligible. The team said, "We ain't going." Yeah. Eventually, the school and the coach talked him into it, saying, "Boys, we got to make this because it's like a half a million dollar paycheck going up there to play that game." Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the players got on there, played with eight scholarship offensive, not scholarship, eight eligible offensive linemen, and Crazy. still hung in there against North Carolina. North Carolina has to go to Georgia State. Georgia State's a pretty dang good football team. Uh, and then, speaking of Sun Belt Week Two, you got App State at Texas A and M. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, we talked about App State. We know yeah, who the quarterback fun. is. Chase Bryce, baby, your favorite country music singer and former Trevor Lawrence backup. Absolutely. We don't talk about the Duke days. He's got a story to tell. But also week two, you got Tennessee at Pitt. Uh, I don't see that going well for Pitt. Tennessee, that, like, Tennessee that is at fun, Pitt? But, oh, we also on. have Iowa <laughs> State, Iowa. Yeah, all right. Now, that that is entertaining. I don't know, man. I think, I think Tennessee at the Pittsburgh Steelers home stadium is, is going to be yeah. fun to watch if you're a Tennessee fan. I'll say you that. got Kentucky at Florida week two as well. I mean, listen, there's some awesome games to start the season. I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, it's game week. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with it. And I, I do like that you're stretching this out too, because it's not just week one. Like that is probably the most entertaining thing about hell, this you got year. Georgia Southern going to beat the hell out of sorry, Nebraska. There you go. No, that's fantastic. And keep, 
pay attention to the fourth quarter in that game because Nebraska is going to be up like thirty-one to ten, and Georgia Southern is going to start coming back. Like no. it's it's going to happen. Apart, like the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> yeah. Can can I mention by the way that that like I'm not trying to you know because he's he's doing a great job at Northwestern and obviously he's. Is he? He's no. He's made them respectable. Listen, they were it's three and nine last year, brother. Listen, it's Northwest. Two years ago, was it two? They were in the Big Ten championship game. So, like, don't give me that. But I'm pretty sure that was COVID year. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Is that uh, is that the new like Lakers bubble championship PJ, thing? I'm a, I'm a just, Georgia fan. Of course, 2020 doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I would love to say that because that's the Indiana Penn State year that yeah, I don't want to talk about. So. Um, no, but like I, I respect like the the job he's done there at Northwestern. But if you go back, and I saw it like seven times on Saturday evening, uh, because for reasons. But yep. if you go back and watch the game-winning touchdown from Northwestern, every time I saw that, I felt like I moved back into like 1950 and was and was watching a highlight from then, because like it's it's a it's a touchdown run. And the dude who runs it in is like, is makes like the slowest one cut I've ever seen. He's just kind of like rolling his way into the end zone. It's it's beautiful, it, in its own terrible way. And I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, sitting there. Listen, I'm not. Gonna I'm just sit sitting here. there thinking and being like, how is Nebraska not not stopping this play? How is? Oh God! Yeah. It took him 15 seconds, well, but he made it in the end zone. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Nebraska because it's just on here? like all of a sudden their tight ends had like cinder blocks attached to their hands. That was rough. Sure. Like it was like back, I think back to back drives that interceptions were just like right in the tight end's hands and it literally looked like it hit a brick wall and bounced up into the air. Yeah. That's rough. But listen, you can't expect him to have soft hands when he's out there shucking all that corn and doing all that blocking. Absolutely. You know, tight ends blocking. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right, I think I've narrowed it down because there's a little bit of a disagreement. So apparently in 2007, Nick Saban and the Tide played Florida State in a quote-unquote road game in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. And and lost that game. Right. So, But then the other one, because again, we know about the last one that they played, which was 2011 against Penn State. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a road game. And 2010, the Duke Blue Devils. That's true. They did go to Duke, didn't they? That's that's a little wild. Uh, I will say, if I can put my vote here, if you've driven that I-10 debacle of, of a drive from Tallahassee to Jacksonville, and just like almost falling asleep, whatever, no matter what time of the day you're driving it, I will confirm that's long enough to have a road to, to be considered a neutral site game. For a neutral site or a road game? A, a, a road game for both teams. That's what I'm saying. Like Florida State, like going from Tallahassee to Jacksonville, I know it's not. That's the thing. Uh, no, it, no, no. Alabama's pulling some real Georgia fan BS there where they're like, oh, playing at Jacksonville, that's an away game. That ain't no neutral site. That ain't fair. Is it not a neutral site? No, it I is a neutral site. Florida yeah. calls it a neutral site. Georgia calls it an away game. Because okay. it's in Florida. It's I, I, in Florida. You changed state. the conversation. It's in Florida's state. PJ, speaking right. of changing the conversation, three and out. Coming up next.